Welcome, everybody, to episode number four of the Flannel Panel Conjugate Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Surratt, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to use the conjugate method to program for Olympic weightlifting. So today's episode might be a little bit shorter, just given that we've already reviewed the conjugate method as a whole, and so we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about that, but we're going to talk instead about how to apply the conjugate method to the demands of Olympic weightlifting. So let's start off by briefly reviewing the conjugate method, just so we're all on the same page. So the conjugate method is a system of training that is built around the use of three different sub-methods. The max effort method, which is the lifting of maximal weights to a one rep max. The dynamic effort method, which is the lifting of lighter weights fast to improve or increase speed and rate of force production. And then the repetition effort method, which is essentially bodybuilding. So that's the conjugate method as a whole. Very simple, very straightforward, not as complicated as everybody makes it out to be. But how do we apply the conjugate method to weightlifting? Well, in my opinion, in the same way as you would apply it to powerlifting. Both sports require maximal strength, dynamic strength and speed, and a high degree of functional hypertrophy. So, so the application of the conjugate method to weightlifting doesn't have to be very complicated. So for your max effort movements, max effort variations, you're going to pick a variation of either the snatch, the clean, the jerk, or the clean and the jerk. And what I mean by that is that the clean and the jerk is essentially two separate movements combined into one movement on the platform. But in training, you can train them separately. So you have to make the decision, do I want to train the clean and the jerk together, or do I want to train them separately? Well, really, just like with everything, it depends. It comes down to what you feel you need to work on. I have a friend with whom I was discussing this topic actually last week, and he said that if he were to write a conjugate-based Olympic program, he would want a dedicated max effort jerk day because for him, his jerk is his weak point. He's confident in his snatch and his clean, but he needs to work on his jerk. So rather than spend time on something that he's already good at, he wants to work on the stuff that he's bad at. And so again, it just comes down to understanding the demands of the sport, understanding where you are and how to bridge that gap. So selecting an exercise for your max effort variation is pretty simple. You know, it depends on where you're at in your in the context of your training schedule. Are you multiple, multiple weeks out? Are you 20 plus weeks out? Are you eight weeks out? Are you four weeks out? You know, are you in your meat prep phase? It just depends on where you're at. The further out you are, the more generalized you can be because the further out you are, all you're doing is laying a foundation of maximal strength and building building strength and building confidence that will then carry over as you approach your competition to a more sports specific um, movement pattern. So if we're talking, if we're talking weightlifting, let's talk the snatch. So if I'm 20 weeks out, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pulling off blocks. I'm going to be pulling from pins. I'm going to be pulling from the hang position from high, from low hang. Um, you know, shit, I may even throw bands on the bar. You know, I'm going to be doing all that kind of stuff because I'm general because all I'm doing is building strength. I'm not worried about, it's not that I'm not worried about technique, but I'm not worried about like sports specific tactical execution at this point. Um, as I approach my competition, the closer I get to competition, the more and more specific my lifts are going to be. Just like in powerlifting, you know, you the further out you are, the more generalized you can be and the more variations you can add. Now with weightlifting, there's, in my opinion, less opportunity to add variations or variables to the to the movement just based on the nature of the movement. Like I wouldn't put bands and chains on a bar for a clean. I may put bands on the bar, um, whereas like with 
with powerlifting, you can put bands and chains, you can put them from different angles, all that kind of stuff on the bar at the same time, and you can still be successful, just based on the nature of the, of the particular movements. Um, but then as you get closer and closer to your meat, things need to become more specific. So again, if we're talking powerlifting, we've moved from, you know, a giant camber bar versus chains and bands to, you know, taking a duffalo bar or a straight bar because that's the most sport specific we can get without, without actually being competition style. Um, so if we're talking snatch, you know, we move from pulling off blocks or pulling from the high hang to pulling from the floor. So that's just, that's how you would operate with your max effort stuff. Now, when you look at your clean and your jerk, you got to decide again, are you going to train it as two separate movements? Do I train the clean on one day and the jerk on another day, or do I train them together? And again, it just depends. It just comes down to what you feel you need and what you're capable of executing. So, so max effort selection is pretty simple. Um, but in my opinion, where, where some of the beauty of the conjugate method really shines is with the special exercises. So special exercises serve a couple purposes. Um, one, they serve to bridge the gap between general training and sports specific tactical execution. And what I mean by that is like moving from general strength training to the actual competition style movement. And they also serve to shore up the weaknesses that are exposed through the use of the max effort method. So if we're talking snatch, let's say I pull really strong off the floor. I got a great pull, first pull. I got a great second pull. I got a great transition, but I'm really unstable at the bottom. I'm really, really unstable in my overhead position. Okay, so I work up to a max in my full snatch. And then for my special exercises, I would select probably an overhead squat because that's going to train that overhead position. And with, with weightlifting, I feel like it's so much about positioning. Like, yes, with powerlifting, it's obviously about positioning as well. But powerlifting, especially raw powerlifting, um, affords a lifter the opportunity to really kind of just like muscle some weights up. Like if you get out of position in raw powerlifting, like depends on how far you get out of position, but you may be able to salvage the lift based on how strong you are. If you're brutally strong, you can probably you can probably save a lift by muscling it up. You know, with equipped powerlifting, you really have to be within the groove. You know, if you're squatting, if you're benching especially, you know, and even deadlifting, you really have to be in the groove of your of your gear to be successful. And if you get out of that groove, you know, you're probably not going to salvage the lift. But with weightlifting, like it's really important to be as efficient with your timing and as efficient with your positioning as possible. The more efficient and the more precise you are with your positioning and the stronger you are in those different varying positions, the more successful you're going to be. So with weightlifting, I would use the special exercise slots of your training menu to practice your positioning and to practice or to work on what's been exposed as weaknesses. So again, if we're going back to the snatch, we're really unstable in the bottom of the bottom position, the overhead squat. I would say we're going to overhead squat as our first special exercise, and then maybe we throw a snatch balance in there as the second special exercise. You know, so that way we're addressing multiple things at the same time. We're addressing different positions. We're addressing different muscle groups, all that kind of stuff, and we're bridging the gap between our general training and our sport-specific training. Um, I think I've already talked about the clean and the jerks. So we're not going to go into that. Um, so with your accessories for your max effort stuff, it's the same thing as powerlifting. Choose accessories that are going to build up the musculature responsible for the movement. So you have a hierarchy. You have your main movement. You have your first and your second special exercises or your, your only special exercise, depending on how many movements you want to include in your training menu. And then you have like four to six accessories, which can either be barbell, dumbbell, kettlebell, body weight, whatever sort of implement you want to use. You know, pick what's most appropriate for you and your training goals. But the goal, the... The goal behind accessory training 
is to, again, build up the musculature, build up the physical system responsible for the execution of those movements. So, so that's your max effort stuff. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. It just comes down to understanding what you need, where you need to be, and how to get there based on where you're at right now. So with the dynamic effort method, which is, again, just lifting weights fast, um, the dynamic effort in weightlifting, in my opinion, really becomes an opportunity to practice your tactical skills. So to practice and improve and refine your skill of lifting weights, of performing the snatch and performing the clean and jerk. And with your whereas with your max effort stuff, you can break up the clean and the jerk into two separate days, or you can have one day for a clean one week, and the next week you have a day for your jerk for your max effort stuff. With your dynamic effort movements or your dynamic effort days, I would have one dynamic effort day and practice both the snatch and the clean and the jerk on the same day. But then how do we go about doing that? Well, again, it depends. What's your volume going to look like? You can follow the three-week pendulum wave that Louis weighs out, and I think that'd be great. You know, like with the snatch, I would probably pull singles. I probably wouldn't pull doubles just based on my opinion. Um, you know, based on fatigue and all that kind of stuff. I feel like obviously the more reps that you engage in per set, the more fatigued you get and the less and less precise each rep is going to be, even if it's by, you know, you know, a micro fraction um, of a degree, you know, the less and less precise you're going to be. Um, but with your dynamic effort days, again, is an opportunity to practice your tactical skill. So I would, if I was running the dynamic effort wave for my snatch and my clean and jerk, I would go week one with the snatch, I would go 50% for, let's say, 12 singles. And then week two, 55% for 10 singles. And then week three, 60% for eight singles. And I would do the same thing for my clean and jerk. Clean and jerk, I would definitely hit singles, not doubles. I would absolutely hit singles. Um, because that's, that's what you do on the platform, is you have one chance to hit a lift. One chance to be as precise and exact as possible with your lift. And so that's how you want to train. Now, when it comes to intensity, that's, a, that's another conversation. So the idea behind the dynamic effort waves is that you use 50, 55, and 60% across a three-week wave in addition to 25% accommodating resistance in the form of either band tension or chain weight. Now, there's a lot of debate about the util the use of accommodating resistance in weightlifting. Louis is obviously a fan of it. Um, other weightlifting coaches are not a fan of it, and I'm still not sure where I complete like where I really lie where, where I really stand on the issue. Um, I think that if you are technically proficient enough, you using bands can be very effective because bands are a great training tool regardless of what movement you're using them on. So. If you're doing like a banded snatch or a banded clean and a ba or a banded jerk or a banded clean and jerk, it's going to teach you to accelerate through the bar or through the lift as hard as you can. Because if you slow down at any point under band tension, you're going to get crushed. And the same goes for deadlift, squat, and bench press. If you slow down, if you let up, if you relax, you're going to get crushed. Um, so it's going to teach you to accelerate all the way through the lift, like maximal acceleration through the entirety of the duration of the lift. And then it's going to teach you, especially in the, the snatch and the clean, to get under the bar as fast as possible. And so one thing, that, one thing that's important when it comes to weightlifting is the bar speed and the speed with which you get underneath the bar. Because as the weight increases, the distance that the bar travels is going to decrease because you're not going to be strong enough to lift a maximal weight across a maximal distance. You're going to be lifting a maximal weight across a sub-maximal distance 
in an effort to minimize energy expenditure and to maximize the efficiency with which you're moving. So what I mean by that is like, so again, let's talk the clean. Okay. So if I'm cleaning a bar, like maybe my first attempt really goes high. Like it's a big pull. I get underneath the bar, you know, without a whole lot of effort and I can stand up and I can jerk it. As I progress into my second and third attempts, the bar is going to move less and less distance because one, it's going to be heavier and my strength is going to be less in, in relation to the weight that's on the bar. So I'm not going to be able to move the bar as, as far. So I'm gonna have to get under the bar faster. So the bar is not going as high. So I have to get underneath it quicker. Utilizing band tension in the snatch and the clean and the jerk is going to teach you to get underneath the bar because that bar is going to come down fast. Once you reach the apex of extension, that band tension, once you stop pulling against the bar, that band tension is going to start actively pulling the bar back down towards earth. And so you as the lifter have to learn how to operate and orbit around the barbell and move yourself around the bar rather than moving the bar around you. And so the bands are going to teach you to do that. So if you decide to use bands, you have to decide, you know, what band tension you're going to use. I would recommend either micros or minis. I wouldn't use monster minis or lights or anything like that because that's way too much band tension. Um, I think minis are probably very appropriate, um, especially for the overhead lifts. You know, if you're doing just the clean, you could probably get away with like a, a monster mini if you're just doing a, a clean, but if you're doing a clean and a jerk or a full snatch, like minis are probably the way to go. Cause it's going to give you enough band tension to give you feedback, but not so much band tension that you're going to be fighting it the whole time. And like you're running the risk of getting hurt. So if you're using band tension, you're going to have to adjust your intensity to 50, 55 and 60%, which is heavy enough in, in, uh, in combination with the 25% band tension to give you enough feedback to force you to use appropriate skill or, you know, use proper technique and form, but not so heavy that it's going to expose flaws or make you miss the lift. If you do things right. Um, if you're not using band tension, I would go 60, 65 and no, excuse me. Uh, 70, 75, 80, and, yeah, 75, 80, and 85%. There we go. I had to do math. And math is really hard with when it's all fives and zeros. Um, 75, 80, and 85%. Because again, it's heavy enough that it's going to force you to use proper technique and proper form. But if you do things right, it's not going to be so heavy as to um, expose technical flaws and weaknesses. So again, it, again it's going to give you that opportunity to practice your technical skill of lifting weights and make you better at lifting weights. Um, and then as far as accessories go for your dynamic effort days, again, select them based on what you find is most appropriate for you. Now with your max effort accessories, they tend to be a little bit heavier because you're, you know, you're building the musculature. Whereas like with the dynamic effort days, I have found success if I use higher volume and lighter, lower intensity. So if I use more like band based movements for my accessory stuff on my dynamic effort days, I found success as compared to using like, you know, heavy weights. Um, again, it just comes down to personal preference. Maybe you want to flip flop that maybe on your max effort days, like on your heavy, heavy lift days, you use lighter, lighter, lower intensity accessories. And on your dynamic days, you use higher intensity accessories. It just comes down to what you feel is most appropriate for you. Um, and then we've talked about the repetition effort method already. So we don't need to get into that anymore. Um, let me see here. Let me check my notes. All right. So let's talk next about exercise selections. We've talked about that a little bit. Again, just comes down to picking what you feel is most appropriate for you. Pick a max effort variation based on where you are in your, in the context of your training schedule. If you're further out from a competition than closer, then you pick a more generalized movement. If you're closer to your competition, you pick a more specific or more specialized movement. 
for your special exercises, you pick something that is going to help strengthen your position or your positioning under load. And it's going to help bridge that gap between general training and sport specific training. Um, accessories can be rotated on like a three week wave. Again, it just depends on what you need from them. Um, select exercises or movements that are going to build up the musculature responsible for the movement. So think, so when it comes to your max effort and your dynamic effort method, think movement. Okay. Think movement and positioning. Whereas with your accessories, think muscle. So that's one distinction I think is really important. Um, we've talked about periodization already moving from general to specific. So the further out you are, the more generalized you can become or can be. And then as you get closer to your competition, the more sport specific you have to be. Um, let's see here. We've talked about volume and intensity. Now, one thing I want to talk about is the stigma behind using the conjugate method in weightlifting. I feel like with weightlifting, and again, I'm not part of the weightlifting culture, so I can't really speak to it that much, but I feel like there's this idea that you can't use conjugate in weightlifting. Like you can't use bands and chains. You can't use box squats. Like everything has to be, you know, has to revolve around the use or the application or the execution rather of the snatch and the clean and the jerk. And that's, a, that's very true. Like you do have to practice your skill and you have to practice the sport specific movements. But, you know, I think one thing that we don't think about and like, and Louis talks about the law of accommodation is that if you, you know, practice the same thing over and over and over, you're going to stop seeing improvements in it, you know? So if you utilize more general training, you're going to develop a broader base. You're going to get stronger. And then as you approach your competition and via the use of the dynamic effort days, you start refining your craft and you'll be fine. I feel like a lot of weightlifters feel like they can't deviate from, you know, these, these prescribed percentages, you know, when it comes to lifting or they have to use certain movements or they're afraid to try new things. I think that's what it is, is that, you know, despite the lack of success that most American weightlifters have seen, I mean, there's definitely some outliers. Um, but you know, across the Olympic or international levels, like America isn't that great at weightlifting. You know, I feel like there's a lot of fear in trying something new. Like the conjugate method is not new, you know, Louis application or Louis coining of the term conjugate, you know, doesn't like, it's, it's not a new system. It's been around for a long time, you know, with the dynamo club and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's not like it's a new system or a brand, you know, brand, brand new idea or school of thought. You know, but I feel like so many weightlifters are afraid to try some new shit. You know, like if it hasn't worked, like if you haven't seen success success with what you're doing, try something new. You know, but there's this this stigma. You know, because conjugate is so closely associated with, you know, enhanced equipped powerlifting. You know, and weightlifting is the opposite of that. Now, I'm not saying that all weightlifters are clean, because obviously they're not. You know, but but the two, the two sports couldn't be further apart from each other on paper, you know, like with weightlifting here, you have this, like, you know, if you're competing at the Olympic or national or international level, like even at the local levels, like you get tested. If you're competing in USAW, like you get tested, you know, if you compete in powerlifting, it depends on which federation you're in, you know, you can elect, get elect to get tested. If you compete in the right federation or you can elect to not get tested. Um, you know, like equip powerlifting is, is very much like, is a very, very different sport from weightlifting. You know, weightlifting seems like this, you know, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like weightlifting seems like this elegant thing, you know, like it's this like synchronization, this organization, this orchestra of movements, you know, this flow of movement, 
you know, and everything has to time up perfectly in order to be successful. Whereas like powerlifting seems much more brutish and, you know, like you just have to be strong, you know, you don't have to be elegant. You don't have to be coordinated to do it. And that can't be further from the truth, to be honest with you. Like you have to be, you have to be a talented and skilled lifter to be successful. Like you can be cock strong and be successful, but to be really, really successful in powerlifting, you have to be a master of your craft. Um, but again, I feel like there's this stigma behind using the conjugate method for anything but powerlifting, and it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, the conjugate method can be applied to any sport. You just have to know what you're doing, you know, and, and know why you're doing what you're doing. Like, again, I've talked about this before. It's understanding the why behind the what and the why behind the how. You know, always have a reason for what you're doing. Um, and I feel like that's where a lot of people don't understand conjugate is that either they're running it incorrectly and they don't understand why they're picking certain movements, um, you know, or they just don't see that there is a plan to it. And there always has to be a plan. You know, Louis talks about, you know, if you fail to plan, plan to fail, you know, and, um, and that, that absolutely rings true. So putting it all together, um, I know this is a very short episode and it's been somewhat rambling, but the Mac, the conjugate method can absolutely be applied to weightlifting to Olympic weightlifting in the same way via the same principles and the same ideas as it's applied to powerlifting or any other sport. Understand the demands and the needs of your sport. Understand the method, the conjugate method well enough to apply the principles of the method to your training and then go forth and prosper. But you have to understand what you're doing. You have to know what you're doing or you have to be willing to reach out and find somebody who knows what they're doing and help you out. But you know, again, the conjugate method can absolutely be used for weightlifting. You just have to know what you're doing with it. And you have to not be afraid to try new stuff. So so that's it for today. Um, again, thanks for checking in. I know today was a short episode, but I appreciate you guys listening in. And as always, don't waste the pain.